never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let You are good, good, you are good, so good, oh, you Let's just stand up for a moment, will you? Wherever you're at. Just lift your hands to the Lord. And we just tell Him, thank you so much. My soul magnifies you. My spirit exalts you. Thank you that you're the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And that you rule in the kings of men. And you set down one and put up another. You're bigger than church worlds made you. You're the universal Christ. You're the head of our lives and the head of all things. And we worship you and we thank you that you never let us down. So right now, whoever's next to you on your right, I want you to pray for them right now. Just pray for them in this manner. God said in Psalms 110, if my people would be willing in the day of my power, volunteering in the day of my power, the same fingers that played the harp, that played the strings from David was the same fingers that did war and took stands in life, right? It's time to take some stands in your own life. Go with the kingdom and the constitution of God over everything else, right? So I want you to pray for your neighbor to be strengthened with the might of God, to be encouraged by the energy of God. Right now, just touch him, reach over and touch him. I'm praying for this, right, this man of God right here. Father, strengthen him. Give him constitutional strength, God, to stand strong for how he, what he knows to do, what he should do, what he will do. And you're, he's, you made these people warriors, God. You made this guy a warrior for the next generation. And you said, if my people would be willing, he's willing right now and volunteering in the day of your power. Strengthen him right now. Send him out to his class, to his school, and take a stand and make a difference in every aspect of his life. In Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray for this man of God right here. In the name of Jesus, I pray for him, God. Strengthen him. Encourage him. God, enlighten his path. Cause his eye to be single right now. Teach his fingers to fight, his hands to war right now. Yeah, he worships you with those strings, but he fights with the cause of God with those hands. So anoint him this year. Let him have a great year, a strengthening year, a clear year, God, to walk in light, truth, and his abilities to shine, that you might be glorified in every aspect in Jesus' name. God, strengthen this woman of God as a teacher in that place. God, strengthen her as a teacher right now. Grant her wisdom, God. Grant her strength, God, right now, that she has that constitution, that strength, and the revelation, the revealing of who you are to all the kids 
that she's responsible to, to you for in the name of Jesus. Bless her, strengthen her, encourage her, enlarge her capacity in Jesus' name. Let's pray for the little people. Thank you, Father. We lift you up right now. We thank you for the strength in this house. We thank you for the energy of the Holy Spirit in this place today. We bless you. We thank you that you're alive and well and in us and born to overcome in every situation. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Bless you, we bless you. Amen, amen, amen. Let's just put our hands together and just give God a clap offering, right? So if I thank you, Father, we give you thanks. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you all the respect. You're worthy of all praise. You're worthy of all honor. We bless you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And we forgot not all your benefits, who've forgiven us, who's healed us, who's redeemed us, who's crowned us, who's given us good things to say. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Let me see it. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it, Brian. It's nice. Awesome. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you so much. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being you. So we welcome you, like Quentin said. Stir our hearts, bend our hearts, reveal yourself to our hearts. That we delight to do your will today. Equip us, admonish us, build us, warn us that we're ready, instant in season and out, in every situation, that we're more than conquerors through what you've given us and who you made us. So we appreciate you right now. We acknowledge you right now. Enlarge our tents. Enlarge our capacities. Grant us strength in these days and these hours. We've been called to the kingdom for a time like this. Every child here is born in season born for this situation and we thank you for that in jesus name everyone said amen all right let's go to psalms 110 <clears throat> and i was thinking i just walked into the truck and i had the scripture i'm going to go through it because usually when you get a quickening like that there's always something to it right and it says in psalms 110 as you're turning there it says the lord said unto my lord sit at your right hand until i make your enemies a footstool, right? And the Lord said, a rod of thy strength of Zion and rule in the midst of your enemies. And this is the verse I wanted. Verse three, thy people, say that people is me, shall be willing, say willing, right? Willing in the day of power, right? 
and, the, and that word is a, a military term. My people be willing, right? Volunteering. It's a military term. It means to be ready, volunteering. This, this writer, David, he was born to worship God with his fingers, play like Brian did, but also he says, you teach my fingers to war and to fight, right? It's both sides. It's worship and it's warfare with that. And we need to take stands in that. So he said, if my people will be willing, volunteering, say volunteering, say I volunteer, right? I'm in whether I like it or not. I've, I've been enlisted. The moment I said yes to Jesus, he bought me with a price. He owns me. I'm his, right? So I'm volunteering. I'm already in this thing. I'm an enlisted person, right? And so now it's time to take a stand. If you had any type of theme song in your life right now that you want to listen to Tom Petty, don't back down and take your stand. Yeah? I, if you know how to sing it, Brian, play it. I won't back down. I don't know. You got to listen to it. But that's the time in life right now. It's time to choose your, your convictions with Jesus over your income, right? It's time to be sold out and go and take a stand to turn this thing, right? To turn what's going on in the, in the air. There's a, there's a principality in the power of the air that's over some forms of leadership that creates an air and tries to rob the next generation. Say, not on my watch. Tell your neighbor, not on my watch, right? We've been called to the kingdom for a time like this, right? The whole preparation of Luke 14 is you're my disciple. Say, I'm a disciple. I'm not just a believer. I'm a disciple. I'm a trained one. I'm a learned one. I'm an enlisted one. I'm volunteering. I'm gonna willing in the day of power, right? So tell God, bend my will, will you? To your will. And he will anyway, right? His will is greater than our will. It really is. And he said that if my people will offer themselves willingly, this is the Amplified, in the day of your power, in the beauty of holiness, the holy array, and he goes on, right? I want you to look at Psalms, uh, I think it's 144. Let's see. 44, I think it's verse 1. And there it is right here. Read this with me. Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teaches, trains my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Right? Same hands, same fingers worshiping or trained, right, to take stands. I had a guy come for counseling the other day, and he was saying, he was listening to some things, and, and this is a time to, like, wake up, right? Wake up, write it down your notes, wake up, wake up, Right? from the slumbering, from all the busyness, from all the activities, to get single-eyed and refocused, right? Say, I'm waking up. And we already are. The moment uh, Brian hit the strings, there's an awakening. There, there's that presence of God. There's that quickening of God. That thing awakens us. God's presence redeems our time. We don't have to try to like say, oh, I got to come back to this. No, he'll bring you back to that, right? That's the way of the Lord. I told you the other week, there's no such thing as a comeback. I used to believe in that. Well, I'm, I'm going to make a comeback here and do that. That's just solical and doubling my efforts. But the Lord's way is I'll bring you back to where you were, right? I'll bring you back and take you further. He says he leaves the 99 and goes for the one. That's the way of God. When Moses was on the backside, he brought him back to a burning bush and to the calling of God and to the placing of God and where he belonged in God. Say, he brings me back. He leads me in, in righteousness for his name's sake. That's Psalms 23, right? So don't panic. Say, I'm not panicking. There's a setback, but there's a bringing back. He's bringing me back to normalcy. He's bringing me back to placing. He's bringing me back to authorization. He's bringing me back to strength. He's bringing me back to that power. He's bringing me back and further. Say further. Yeah, that's the way of the Lord, right? 
Look at, let's go to Psalms 103. I just want to exhort you. It's a time to take your stand, right? The same person I was talking to, he goes, he goes, I listened to this, this guy and, and this religious guy said, hey, you know, times are tough. And if someone broke in my home, I would just base it and, and attack my wife. I would just uh, not do anything. I'm, I'm, that's what he said. I'm just saying what he said before you throw rocks at the wrong guy. And I'm just going to stay there because the person attacking her might not know Jesus and I'm not going to hurt him and all that stuff. So, well, that's really noble. Say noble. That's just not simply spiritual. If you let your whole household be pilfered, no. That's not the kingdom of God, right? That's a religious man with a religious setting, and that's not equipping. That's making people weak, right? That's not how we live. If someone comes in your house and touches your wife, yeah, I'm not turning cheeks. I'm turning their head the best I can, right? That's what you do. That's your delegated responsibility, right? He teaches your fingers to war. I tell them, no, that's just so off, right? If you're preaching the gospel and people are stoning you, you may turn the cheek. But if you're not there in your house, you take a stand, right? You close that door. You kick them out. Then call 911. <laughs> that's what you do, right? That's, that's how it is. That's how He said, my people be willing in that day. So that's just religion, but it's falling away. It cannot even stand in this hour. Things are being turned up. That spirit of Jezebel is warming up. Manipulation again. You know, uh, uh, t- you just got to say no. You got to say no to some things. And some, one of the individuals talked to me. He said, what about this situation? What about uh, one of my family members that they have this job and they have this. I said, man, you the whole thing, you're born into the kingdom. You wanted this hour. You wanted to see God real. You didn't want to be a part of religion. So now it's the proving. All those years before, we were in the simulators. We were just getting taught. We were being taught. But now we're being trained on the job, right? To take a stand and make choices that the Lord will sanctify our hearts, right? In our lives to say, man, constitution in your heart. Kingdom in your heart. Benefit. Income, no. Occupation, not right now. Kingdom, I can't sell out. I got to stand. I got to be salt and light, right? The whole concept of salt and light is that what's corrupt is that we're salting it, right? What's light, we're inoculating. We're killing the bacterias, right? Yeah, you know, I, I, <laughs> I heard this mass, uh, this guy the other day, he's a comedian, and he said, uh, you know what, man, I am so confused. He lives in California. He goes, this thing again, I got this shot. I got this going on. This is a comedian. And he says, and now they're telling me to put on a mask. I, tell, I think I'm, I'm so confused, he said. He said, I think they told me to put on a mask so they can cover their... I said, that's funny. Because they are covering something, right? It doesn't make sense anymore. There's no science to it anymore. And we're not believing it anymore. And that the way of God, thank God for God. Say, thank God for God. There's a universal principle, and I want you to write it down. It's Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1. And he, and he says it like this. He says, an unjust balance. Say unjust balance. He says it's an abomination to the Lord. And the Lord set in the universe, thank him so much, universally in people, in his people, and in the whole earth, a justice of balance. He sets the balance. When the balances are unjust, right? When the pendulum, the way of God is when the pendulum swings extreme. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come right back the other extreme, and then it's come back to the middle. It'll go like this. That's where it's at right now, extreme. Extremely crazy, extremely insane, and no science, no math, extreme, right? And then he'll, 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 the pendulum will swing way over here, and everybody's just going to say, oh, I'm tired of this. I can't play this game anymore. There's no math to it. There's no science to it. There's no reality to it. There's a lot of politics to it. And then it'll balance back out with truth, right? 
It's called the law of measure. It'll happen in your life as well. I'm an extreme person. I don't have gray. I'm black or I'm white. I'm wrong or I'm right. <laughs> Some of you are like that, right? So when you're extreme, he'll counter the balance. It's the way of God. It's the way of history, right? It's called the law of measure and balance. And it's happening universally, right? So when people are being told a lie one time, they get fooled. The second time, they say, I can't do it no more, right? It's not true. It's not real. It's not happening. It's a lying, right? And God made this measure. He goes, where sin abounds, all that much more grace will abound. Yeah, he said, one man's offense isn't greater, not greater than God's balance. Say just balance. That's individually, and that's corporately, and that's nationally, right? And that's what will happen. In your own heart, it'll happen, right? Make sense? If you don't believe that universal reality, look at history. Satan does this all the time. There's nothing new under the sun. He always overplays his hand. He pushes beyond the measure, right? Until people get awakened and go, this is not right. It's too far. It's too far left. It's too far to that. It's not right, right? And so people awaken in your own life. You go too far, Satan will always overplay his hand. Always. He'll manipulate, threaten, and all those things. But overplaying, you make the change. You make the turn, right? Right? And he says, if my people be willing in the day of my power. And so he'll work with our wills first, right? He's prepping us. We're not in a season of teaching. We're in training and equipping and discipling and learning. Say learning. So put on your notes. Wake up. It's time for me to wake up. It's time for me to stir up. There's gifts in every one of you that are to be stirred up again. Right? There's a, a scripture in Psalms that says, take your, your harp out of the willow tree, it's time to worship again. Where you were sad and you had it in the willow tree, take it down and start playing again. Stir, stir up the gift of God. Paul said, stir up the gift of God. Yeah, we did it today organically, it's a happening. It was no labor, it was just there. So wake up, say I'm waking up, right? Stir up, I'm stirring up the gift of God in my life. That gift is powerful in your life. Hebrews said it's the gift is the power of the age to come. That's God's. That's part of eternity. You operate in that, you make changes in your life and in people's lives. Right? Say, God, stir up the gift in my life. You've imparted it. You gave it. Stir it up. Then I might walk in it, right? Wake up, stir up, and then take action, right? Take action. Right? I want you to write, I told last week, hearing, listening, action taking. Write that down. And locate yourself because your progression's in one of those seasons. If you we're all hearing, say, I hear. My sheep hear my voice, right? And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. They can't follow. You won't follow it. You could try, but you'll hit a wall. Say, I'm his sheep, right? I hear his voice. That word voice is phone, P-H-O-N-E, where we get phone. I'm hearing. Say, I'm hearing. But that's not good enough. I'm listening. When I'm hearing, it, it creates faith in me confidence in me right and if you're going to stir up the gifts you need confidence now faith is the confidence that strength of confidence to exercise that gift so what you're hearing right down i told him last week you guys write it down what am i hearing that's the season that i'm in that's the placing that i'm in that's the hand of god where i'm at you're hearing something i told him last week what you're hearing intuitively right and then you go to the scripture to define it to meditate it 
But God's speaking in you right now. So whatever you're hearing is going to produce a faith, and then it's going to take you to the next phase of life, which is listening. Right? Jesus said, hear and be healed. So I have to shift. I can't just say, I hear, I hear, I hear you, Lord. I hear you, Lord. Hearing is simply an equals acknowledging. Hearing is simply awareness. I'm aware of his presence. Hearing tells me that is you. I believe it's you, right? So hearing's acknowledging, but that's okay, right? We've got to go to the next step, say the next phase, which is listening, right? Listening. That shifts the gear in my car into taking action the next phase, right? And then number four is James 2.19. I think it's in the Wymouth translation, right? He goes, uh, he says, faith with corresponding actions. Put down corresponding actions. Faith with corresponding actions. So if you're in the place of hearing, that means you're being, there's an exhorting, right? There's a building and there's a welcoming and there's an awareness. God, you're active in my life. You're telling me something. Yeah. And so you write that down write, write that down clearly. And then the listening, right? That's about to take action, right? But after you've taken the action, that James 4 instruction, corresponding actions. So let's just say you're dealing with something of, uh, to be freed of and liberated of. And God, he, he speaks into you and he starts liberating you and you don't have uh, the energy, the sting anymore in your life that, that doesn't affect your emotions any longer. It doesn't drag you down anymore. It's not there anymore, Right? to go on, right? He says, so you get up in the morning and, and you know it's free and you're thanking God because you heard him, you listened to him, you believed him and took action, right? But one day something comes or somebody comes when you're not feeling it and they tell you, man, you're this or you're that and trying to define you from your past. Right. Say it's a lie. And nobody's authorized to do that but Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And he's liberating you, right? Mm-hmm. He's freeing you, right? So what, when they tell you that, that voice, whether direct Satan or indirect through humans, you say to yourself, no, I'm continuing to act like it's true. That's a corresponding action, right? If it was for your body and you felt healing in your body, keep acting, whether you felt your toe pain again or not. Corresponding actions. Act like it's true. Say, act like it's true because it is true. And that won't put back that yoke on you, right? That's God's reality, right? Look at Psalms 103. I want to get back to the walk between the pieces, but I want to make sure I do whatever is required this morning. So Psalms 103. And I want you to put it in your notes. And, and some, I've been talking to the people this week. And this is something that, that we all need to do and experience it. Say experience it. Yes. Say the Lord's an experience. He's not a teaching. He's not a doctrine. He's not stale religion. He's fresh. He's new every morning. He's alive in you. He's speaking in you, right? He brings wisdom to you all the time, right? To navigate our lives. And listen to this, Psalms 103. And if you want to put this down before I make that shift in Genesis, just say the, the, the power of forgiveness slash the process of forgiveness. Put the power of forgiveness and the process of forgiveness. And I want you to know, and if you're taking notes on that, that forgiveness, right? And put positional truth. Because forgiveness, you're forgiven past, present, and future by the Lord, by the, by the time that he shed his blood. That's absolutely positionally accurately. It's a divine fact, past, present, and future. For you to experience that from position to possession, he gives us a pathway. 
of leading us into experience, right? And that experience is, starts with, if I confess this thing, he's faithful to forgive it, cleanse it, make it right for me, right? So he pushes us and moves us from position to the process of possession, from promise to performance, right? And so in the process, you, when you make the confession yesterday, you could still be going through the work of it for a year or two years in an area of your life, right? And, but the Lord doesn't want any of us to live in regret, remorse, guilt, condemnation. He's called us, Galatians 5, unto freedom. Say, I'm called to freedom, right? I'm not born again to have a yoke of oppression. I'm not born again to stay in darkness. He's going to work me out of that in every situation. He'll work me into light all the time. That's his DNA in my life, right? So promise, a promise to performance, right? There's a progression in between. There's a progression. And there's an experience, right? A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, right? Put that in God's time factor. Like in my head, the moment I confessed it, I want to feel it. It don't work that way. I confess it because he's moving me in the process. He moved me in the process. My confession is not out of uh, obligation. My confession is out of pain of transgression. I got to get this thing off my heart. I got to get it out of my life. That's the power of God working in us, creating the desire, both the will and the to do. A lot of people, I used to come to people, they come to my door, man. I want to ask you to forgive me, Craig. And I'd stop playing the game. I said, for what? Uh, uh. I said, you're not ready. I'll come see me when you come with heart. Yeah. You know, I'm not even God. You know what I mean? God, how much more does he see right through all that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to ask you to forgive me for what? I don't know. I just want to, I just want to do this by obligation, and I just want, like, peace. There is no peace until there's righteousness, right? The kingdom of God is not meat or drink. It's righteousness. Say righteousness. Then it's peace. Then it's joy, right, in the Holy Spirit of God. So righteousness, get that thing right, right? So that could be a process. I could, I'm going to start with a confession because he's moving me out of the pain of my transgression. Oh, I can't stand it. I sucked with that. Why did I do that, right? And you might go through the process of my why. And that's what the Lord does with your life. He never goes like, what are you doing? No. Why are you doing it, son? Why are you doing it, daughter? we got to talk about this. That's the recovery of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is uncovering, discovering, and recovering things in our lives to kill what's killing us, right? And to further us into his likeness and image so we can make a difference as salt and light, right? Say salt and light, right? We're, we're, we're salt and light. So the progression of forgiveness in, in an area of your life, and I, I mean, people can condemn you all they want to, but they're, they're not telling you the truth. It could take maybe a year for you to forgive yourself. God already forgave you. It could take you a year to forgive yourself. It can take carnal people, religious people, hateful people, two years to forgive you. <laughs> but that's on them. Say, that's on them. That's not on me. People are smallness. God is vastness. I want the mind of Christ, not the mind of men. Right? That's what David said. God said, hey, man, I'm not happy with you on this situation of life. David, I'm not happy that you numbered the people, that you listened to Satan. I'm not happy about that. And he goes, what do you want me to do about that? Because I'm going to correct you because I love you and, I'm, and you're my son. Um, David said, don't put me in the hands of people. Put me in the hands of you because I know your mercy endures forever and people are just haters. That's paraphrased. Yeah. So I'm going to go with God. Say, I'm going with God. 
I'm going with his vastness. I'm going with his greatness. I'm not going with people's smallness. Small people, small mentality, small ideas. No. I want the dimensional Jesus. I want the reality of experience, right? So the process of forgiveness, you know, to forgive yourself, you know, maybe you get better at it as you exercise your faith, but it could take a year. You could take two years for people, but it doesn't matter. Your focus is on him, right? And you gain ground. That's part of forgiveness. Experience, right? And that's what we need is experience. We don't need more teaching. We don't need more doctrine. We don't need more frozen preachers going around the same mountain. We need the freshness, the vitality of Jesus Christ that lives in us right now. That brings light, life, love, and truth to us every day. Right? And I told the guy, are you journalizing? Just start journalizing. And he goes, how do you do it? I said, I, I, I walk out the door, and if I hear a clear thought, I write it down. And I'm writing that vision. I'm making it clear because then I'm looking at the scripture because, and I listen to my confession because Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And that's for you to him. It's for your kids. You listen to what comes out of the abundance of their heart. That's a location. Say a location. location. It's a navigation. The greatest gift right now in this hour of this planet is discernment. Say discernment. The greatest gift is discernment right now. And God's put that in us. And he wants us to develop that, right? So we're gentle as as doves, right? But we're wise as serpents. You can't put a wrapper over my head and call me sucker, right? We're not that. We believe, right? We're those who believe. And discernment has been given to all of us for this hour. So you're not hoodwinked. You're not tricked. You're leaning into God by leaning into intuition. Say intuition. Intuition. Say my human spirit, right? Right? Proverbs said, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It searches all the inward parts. It brings light to those parts, right? It brings truth to those parts. And that's what we live by, and that's what we stand by. Just a sidetrack, go to Galatians 6 later in your time, and look at what he says, Paul, how he teaches. He says, those that sow to the spirit, keep sowing to your spirit. Keep taking heed to your spirit. Your human spirit is where the Lord's candle dwells. That's where the light of life is. That's where the truth is. That's where discernment is. And God's equipped us. He already equipped us. You know, there's not one mistake at this time in my life for almost 40 years with the Lord or 40 years that I could ever say that I was duped. I just chose to rebel because the father was so good that he fully equipped. I knew I could see it coming down the road before it came. And I said, and I remember doing it. Say, man, you fully equipped me. I got no excuse. I see this coming. I know the way it's coming, but I think I'm in rebellion. That was my why, right? Right. So why did you do that, Craig? I'm tired. I'm tired of embracing the suck. I'm tired of unjust people. I'm tired. Right? And he's like, okay, that's your why. You know, I had a guy named David that did that. He said he got discouraged, and he said he went to a place called Ziglag, I mean Zion, uh, Ziglag, and he went there for a time to get away from all the headaches. But I'm going to bring you back, right? I'll bring you back. I'm not moved by your rebellion. I'm going to drive that foolishness out of you, though, and you're never going to say what you said a year ago. I could never say that. I I couldn't. I remember saying one statement. I won't even say it now. It sounds religiously, but I remember uh, somebody saying, because I I was in the Psalm 73 situation. You keep doing right. You keep doing life. And people keep getting away with murder. I go, I keep doing right. I keep doing life. And they get away with murder. I seem like I'm suffering and they're enjoying. Sounds like a Psalm 73. I knew where I was at, right? Psalm 73. They're enjoying and I'm embracing the suck. How does that work? How is that just? I'm giving you honor, and this guy over here is stealing your honor. How does that work? And I start, you start to get, like, cynical. 
right? And the Lord's like, I got you. You know, it doesn't matter. This is your why, and I got to deal with it. Yes, everything that you saw, everything that you said is true. It is absolutely true. But I'm going to deal with you. And, and so goes the story, and so did he. <laughs> and so, right? It says the rod will drive foolishness far from you. And uh, going through that draws a lot of foolishness out of me, where I won't say the same thing I said before. That's unjust. No, he's not unjust. I found out that he's right, right? Nobody gets away with nothing. It looks like it does, but in their closets in life, no, they don't. I thought they did because it looked like they did, but it wasn't true. It's a Psalm 73 situation, right? So, but I learned, I can't say it. I'm indicting the Lord. I, I went through that process. I'm saying that you're not just, and you, if you're not going to take matters into your hand, I need to take them into my hand because I'll be happier. I'll feel better, right? It's not real. So he deals with you like that, right? And then he, and you progress like that. So the process, right? The process of your experience could take you a little bit of time. So stay in there. Hang in there, right? So here we go. Bless affectionately, grateful to be praised, the Lord. Oh, my soul. Circle, oh, my soul, right? David's a guy that has awareness. We talked about awareness. And he's aware of his spirit. And he's aware of his soul. And he talks to his soul like we should. He talks to himself like we should. When you get up and you're, you're in your emotions more than in your intuition with the Lord, he talks. Why are you downcast today, oh my soul? Why are you feeling this way, soul? That's Psalms 40. Why, am I feel, why are you downcast, oh my soul? And then he makes a shift from the soul. Say my soul, mind, my will, my emotions my unsanctified conscience, right? I talk to it, right? This thing about the walk between the pieces is so that you inherit land in your life. I told him last week, I'm gonna get back on it because I feel like God's on that to make us experience something, to cause that experience. And then Genesis, he's, and, and he says to Abraham, uh, he goes, you're gonna have seed. You're gonna have this much seed. You're gonna have that much seed. You're gonna, you're gonna be great, this and that. And Abraham goes, I believe. And he goes, it's credited to you for righteousness. You got it but I'm going to give you this land with this seed. And he goes, I don't, I can't believe it. And he goes, okay, I'm going to take you to inherit this land, not just embrace the seed of the land. And by doing so, I'm going to have that walk between the pieces of your life. So you can know what's hindering you, right? When, when it's a mindset that hinders you. I talked to someone the other day in their mind is a lid in their mind is an overthinking in their mindset hinders the intuitions release. Your mind is not made to rule your life. Your mind is made to aid your spirit where God speaks. It's to assist it. So if it's out of order and your mind is ruling, overthinking, fearing, panicking, um, uh, projecting, not even perceiving, but projecting. You ever, you ever done this? Uh, I got to meet so-and-so today or this, and you start rehearsing. You start overthinking. I'm going to have this meeting tomorrow, and they're going to say this, or if they say this, I probably should say that. And if that, what would God say to that? You overthink and you spend the whole night wasting energy and you get to the meeting and it never happened. And you go, what did I do? I didn't even sleep last night because I was over, say, overthinking. And, and that's just a part of the mind. And when, when he walks through the pieces to sanctify that area so we can be released in inheriting, say inheriting, to the place that he called us, how he made us, that takes an inheriting. That's not just a blessing. Say, not a blessing. That's an inheriting. And he said, how may I know? And he goes, okay, Abraham, I got to make a covenant with you. There's going to have to divide some pieces for you so you can see the, the heat, 
that sanctifies your wrong thinking, your, your over-scrupulous conscience, your over-guilt. You ever have an issue in your life where your conscience is over-scrupulous? It's accusatory. It's self-condemning. It's self-perfecting. That's in the conscience. And so the Lord says, no, man, I'm going I'm to divide you so you'll inherit this. I'll affect that area of your conscience where you're not noble. I'll affect it where you're spiritual. I'll affect it and burn up and sanctify it and make it uncommon where most people are common and embrace guilt and condemnation. I'm going to separate that and show you the light Then I'm going to put you back together, right? So I can inherit, say inherit. If not, the accusation, the condemnation is keeping me from, that, from the inheriting that promise, right? Right, emotion, crazy. Yeah, passion is of God. He put it in people to have fire, right? That's part of the DNA. But when you go from emotion to just emotion and not passion, I don't feel God today. You, you become a, a, a hypochondriac Christian. Well, if, I don't feel God today, so I must have did this wrong. Not true. I must have did that wrong. Not true. Yeah, when you're not feeling, I tell, I tell people all the time, when you don't feel it the most, that's when you believe it the most. What he said yesterday is the same today. Right? That's just growing our faith. When we're not operating in feelings, it's growing our faith. Yeah, you know, he's not going to hold our hand. He's going to wean us, right? That's how it works with the Lord. Mothers are, are nourishers. Mothers have the DNA of God to nourish, to build up, to coddle, right? Not smother. Say, I'm not a smother mother. <laughs> yeah, sometimes smother mothers, they, they, they're supposed to cover, like love covers, uh, cover but not smother. Because if, if your kid grows up till he's 28 with this cord connected to you, you got to cut it someday. You're dwarfing them, right? So as a mother, they'll nourish, they'll build. It's okay. You, screw, you get up. I'll help you up. But now they, there's a transition to the father, which is an admonishing. You know, hey, stop that whining. It's time to get up, right? It's time to move forward right now. It's time to put on your big boy boots, right? I nourished you. I comforted you. Now I'm admonishing you to go forward, right? That's in our relationship with the Lord, right? So, blessed affectionately, greatly praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, circle soul, and all that is deepest within me, bless his holy name. Bless, verse 2, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget, forget not one of his benefits. Say benefits. The benefits are given to every one of us 24-7, right? That's God's part of his redemption is the benefits, right? But when we talk about reward, that's in the kingdom, right? We talk about benefits, that's the seed in Genesis that we believed and we got the gift of righteousness. But to inherit and in reward, that's different. That's the way of the cross. That's the way of discipline. That's the way of following, right? Not just hearing. That's a different part, right? But the blessing is here. Say it's mine. Right. The promise is here. He's paid it all, paid it in full. And we're not talking about that's the blessing, but the rewarding is a different deal. And that's pretty much what we're going to deal with in the next few weeks. Bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not one of or all of his benefits. Number one benefit who forgives circle forgives everyone who forgives everyone. Say everyone means me who forgives every one of all our iniquities, right? And in iniquities is lawlessness. The definition is lawlessness. It's rebellion. It's transgression. He forgave it all, right? When? 2,000 years ago. He forgives it in the beginning of your experience as you're motivated to confess it, right? And then you live it as you progress it, right? 
So I'm experiencing it, right? I want to experience it. Every one of your iniquities who heals, right? So forgiveness is first. Then what comes number two in the process? Heals. He'll heal your heart where it was broken. He'll heal your heart where it was condemned. He'll heal your heart where it was darkened. From forgiveness, the next step in the process is the release of healing. He'll heal your wounds. He'll heal your wise, which came all by lies, right? What I, what I thought, God, man, God, maybe you're just not just, and maybe I'm, I'm missing. No, he heals that area of your life. Not just forgives it, but heals it, right? Hebrews 7.25 says, the Lord, our Lord, saves to the uttermost. It means he frees us. He's all about freeing us, transforming us, changing us putting meat on us, right? Who forgives, who heals each of us of all your diseases. What's the next phase that he breaks out? Who redeems, uh, circle redeems, number three. Redeemed means to purchase. Buy back, pay back, bring back, this is a definition, to the original plan, right? Pay back, bring back to the original plan. That's what the Lord did, right? Religion had a wrong idea of it, right? They, they had a wrong concept. The Lord in his kingdom said, you fell, Adam, but I'm, I'm going to replace you right back into the same position that I made you. That's redemption. That's the work of redeeming. And you're going to experience in your life. You experience the forgiveness. Then you experience the inner healing, right? Then you experience the redeeming. Where I was way off, he bought me back, paid for me, and set me back to the original plan he had for me. Right? He, there's a placing of God in your life. You can't stay away from it for long. That's what, because the God, he, his, your calling election will be sure always. He'll make it sure. And you're going to go right back into that place. Say placing. placing. Redeeming has to do with replacing you. Right? Who redeems your life. Say my life from the pit and from corruption who beautifies and dignifies and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies verse 5 who satisfies your mouth your necessity and desire at your personal age situation with good say good so that your mouth so your youth is renewed like the eagles, strong, overcoming, and soaring, right? You read David's writings, and, and Psalms, I think it's, I don't know what it, which verse it was, 102. He's talking about, man, I feel funky with, like with this owl. You read him in 103, he feels like an eagle, right? Sometimes we're, we're sitting around with an owl in darkness. Other times we're over here re-soaring again, right? That's part of redemption, right? The other cool thing is the process of forgiveness <clears throat> is he's going to crown you. He says, who crowns me with honor. Wherever you lost honor in your life, there'll be a recrowning of honor in your life. That's the power of his forgiveness. Where you felt like you dishonored him, he'll give you a chance and bring honor back to your life. That's good news to me, yeah. right? That's honor. Most people, that, that's what people are looking for. Uh, human experience, they're looking for, how do you say, uh, what Jesus said, uh, I only want my father's endorsement, right? People need the father's endorsement and they need purpose, write it down, just for the human experience. He, that we all need to hear, this, this is my beloved son whom I'm pleased with. We need endorsement, and that comes from the Father, God. We need endorsement, and we need purpose. Jesus said, my meat and my drink is to do your will. Yeah, I'm over here helping the lady at the well, 
But I, as she's getting well, I'm getting fed. As she's getting well, I'm getting intoxicated with you, Lord. I'm drunk with a wine that's not natural. Right? That's part of fulfillment. That's part of purpose. And we need that in our lives. And that does renew our youth as the eagles. No purpose in life. You just grow dry and grow old. Right? But this, you just grow up, right? Say the process of forgiveness. Who sat, as he goes on uh, in four, four, who redeems your life from destruction. See, you know, there's always an interruption to our destruction. And that, thank God for mercy and grace, right? Because mercy reaches the unreachable, right? He reaches us in darkness. Mercy, we don't deserve it, right? Mercy grabs us and positions us to experience grace, that divine influence to our heart. But mercy finds us. Say, he finds me. Say, God brings you back. He brings people back, right? I have people call me and go, my, my uh, kid is way off track and all that, and this is going on, and that's going on. I'm like, oh, just hang around right now. God's making the place narrow for them. He's using the environment, say the environment. He's shrinking. He's making the place tight till he squeezes out of them a confession of the Lordship of Jesus, if that's what's necessary, or forgiveness, or a return and a comeback, or a bring back with the comeback. How about that? That's good news, right? Yeah. He goes on, he goes, He redeemed my life from destruction, who's crowned, crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Uh, I'm looking for a redeem my life. I'm looking for one more. Let's see. Who satisfies my mouth with good things, that my youth is renewed like the eagles and crowned with honor. That I'm trying to find that verse. And it goes on, right? So forgiveness, say the, the process of forgiveness. Close your eyes for a second. And as I've been talking about forgiveness, I want you to write down on your notes. I'm, uh, I'm just getting pressed into a real confession of my transgression. That's where I'm at. That's number one. And if that's the case, see, that's the Philippians 2, that the Lord's at work in you, creating both the will and the to-do of his good pleasure. Remember I started this, if my people be willing, he'll, he'll bend your will to his will every time. So if you're in that place where I'm, I'm, I'm being pressed in the confession, I want you to mark that. If you're beyond that and you've already confessed it, and yet you're not sensing the release, the forgiveness, you still have this... This thing, guilt and, and funk built, banging around in your system, write that down. And I want you to say, I just want to tell you, hold fast. It, part of the process is that you always, say always, experience it. And in, in time, and due time, wherever you're holding on to things in your emotion, the Lord's going to redeem that, right? He's going to release you from that. Just hold fast to what you know, right? Hold fast to what you know. Hold fast to what you believe. And he said in Revelations, don't let anybody take your crown. Remember hearing, listening, taking action, right? And the fourth thing is continue to act like it's true because it is. So you can, so mark where you are. Okay, I'm, I'm experiencing now. I don't have the sting of that death. I don't have the funk of that guilt. I don't feel it anymore. And that's a good feeling. See, that's a good feeling. God made me have feelings to have good feelings. I don't want to feel that darkness anymore. I don't want to be befuddled in my mind. And I don't want to feel that emotion. So if you're there, and so if you're out and you know that you're free and your winter's over and your forgiveness has happened and, and you go the work of God and now you're just in the place of rejoicing and thanking him for that experience and another day some evil report or an evil person or Satan directly tells you, nah, man, you can't be forgiven of that. What's your action? Act like it's true. It still is, whether I fell at the moment or not, and don't let that yoke be put back on you. 
Galatians 5, stand fast in the liberty where which Christ has made you free. And don't be entangled again with that yoke of bondage, right? Paul wrote that in Galatians 5. And in the sixth chapter, he goes, I'm writing with these large, I'm writing this large print. And the religious people said because he was blind. They're ignorant and stupid. It's not because he's blind. He's trying to make a point. And he said, I'm making this big and I'm going to conclude this. Sow to your spirit, pay attention to your spirit, walk in your spirit, and you're going to be free and you're not going to be under the yoke of religion or, or human. You're not going to be under worldliness or sinfulness. You're going to be free, right? So close your eyes. So Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for today. I thank you for the worship, that we worship you in spirit and truth. I thank you for the, the fingers that played. And I thank you that the training to war and to take stands for you in this hour. And I thank you, God, for the, the, whatever you were doing in Psalms 103, which was not a total planning, but you do it, and I want to obey it. And I believe that you'll continue to bring us light in Genesis 15, that we can inherit the lands of our life that you gave us. Your kingdom's not of this world, right? So you and we inherit that kingdom. And the kingdom's within us. Say, the kingdom's within me. Not by observation. You've written a script in my, our hearts of who we are, where we're to be, and where we're going. And we thank you for the reality of Jesus and the reality of the kingdom today. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you get anything out of it? Did you? Okay.